The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How's it going, sir? All right. Well, between you shedding like a snake and me wishing I could shed whatever I've got, which I'm not getting into because I just don't need to. Well, I'll get into mine. I have a sunburn. That's that's what you're shedding now. (laughs) I don't want people getting the wrong idea. (laughs) Let's just say for me, I'm allowed to return to work starting Sunday the 30th or 29th, but my first day of work is actually on the 31st. Mm. So yeah, I got knocked out pretty good with what I have. Mm. So um, I'm going to touch on a quick story first. Uh, we have a guest that's coming on. Uh, it's Adam Berardi, and we're going to be talking about his latest film, The Last House. Uh, was it the last house on the street or last house yes. at the end of the street? Last house at the end of the street. Yeah. yeah. But um, Hasbro during one of their fan first live streams uh, this week revealed a bunch of Marvel legends figures. Uh, there's a Spider-Man no way home wave with an armadillo build a figure mm. and a eternals yeah. way with the Gilgamesh build a figure along with an Iron Spider Marvel Legends roleplay helmet. I saw that. This stuff looks pretty cool. So um, the No Way Home Build-A-Figure Wave includes uh, integrated suit Spider-Man, a.k.a. Iron Spider, black and gold suit Spider-Man, which everyone is figuring is the suit that he's wearing to to handle electro attacks. That's more of a rubberized suit with, uh, I guess, wires to disperse the electricity. Uh, a J. Jonah Jameson that looks like J.K. Simmons. Yes. Uh, Doctor Doctor Strange, Marlin, and Marvel Shriek, and a Miles Morales Spider-Man. And the Miles Morales is a gamer verse. Yes. So I'm assuming that's from the Sony P. Uh, the Sony Spider-Man game. The yeah the the Miles Morales one, which I still haven't played 
yet. Which I still can't play because I don't have a PS4 or Ah, 5. That's a shame. I wish they made it for PC. Um, These figures include numerous accessories as well as a -a Build-A-Figure piece that, if you get all six, form Armadillo. Which is cool that all six form Armadillo. Mm, I like and, and I see from the alert joining us on air with us is Adam Bernardi. How's it going, sir? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. I, I Good. Will, How are you doing? I will say I apologize. I, and I'm doing this on air <laughs> or as we're recording. I apologize for dropping the ball. I got hit pretty hard with an <laughs> illness this past week. And it has. Oh, it has fine. Are you okay? I'm doing much better now, but it has definitely thrown thrown me off my normal game. Oh, uh, I hope everything's okay. No, it's it's totally fine. Uh, um, I'm glad you're you look good. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll just go out and say it. I got diagnosed uh, a little over a week ago with COVID. Welcome to the COVID club. I had it in November. Thankfully, at least for me, thankfully I was vaccinated and I got a mild dose. Hopefully yours was pretty mild as well, since the vaccines weren't out at the time. Um, it was not. It was about 30 days of hell, but oh. uh, the vaccine came out. I was the first in line, so I'm happy I got them because I don't want to get sick again. So Yeah, <laughs> and it's been weird. I've been hearing reports of people who have been double vaccined with mm. both Pfizer and Moderna, and they're still getting this. That's crazy. The, this new variant. Yeah, yeah. The the variant, you can still get it, but if you're vaccinated, it will, it should hopefully make it less severe for you. So far, so good. The scary part oh. is my daughter got it as well. Oh no! And she's under mm. twelve, so she can't be vaccinated yet. Uh, but thankfully, all she's had is the headaches and the stuffy nose and the congestion. That's all she's had. She's had no fever, nothing, no, no other symptoms. That's good. 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 So, but she got the virus. Well, speedy recovery to you both. I, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but um, I'm glad you're okay. Well, I I returned to work on Tuesday. Believe it or not, exciting. Oh, believe me, I'm I'm happy to be going back to work. But I know I'll be going back to work. Going, guys, I'm sorry. I'm still beat. I'm tired as all. Get out. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I remember it. Uh, it wore me the hell out. Um, I couldn't. I usually did about, I was doing about uh, three miles around the park um, every day, and I couldn't even barely get out of bed right when it hit me. And then about 30 days later, I was starting to walk around the park again, but I could get around halfway around it, which is about a mile. And uh, I would start to, uh, I would start to wheeze and have to sit down and it was, it wasn't fun, but uh, so yeah. I see my heart goes up, but who catches it. Um, it's, it's a serious thing, but I'm glad that you're uh, bouncing back. So. I'm trying my best. I am trying my best. Biggest thing is I have learned Mucinex DM is my friend. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about this new movie that, that you got coming out or you've been working on. Uh, last Hill at the or last hill, last house at the end of the street. <laughs> yeah. Last house in the street. It, um, it's a, uh, it's a kind of a comedy uh, slasher hybrid. Um, it's my uh, first uh, major direct world uh, debut. Um, I also wrote it. Um, it's a pretty fun um, flick, something you can watch with your friends and have a beer. And it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously, um, but it's really fun. It's got uh, it's got all the elements of it, what you're gonna want. It's got about a million f bombs. Um, <laughs> got drugs, alcohol, sexy time, and a lot of blood and guts. So uh, that pretty much sums it up in a, in a nutshell. There, even dissections too. Yeah, vivisections, <laughs> vivisections. 
I was yeah. going to say, I think it was vivisections. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you enjoy the movie? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, yeah, it I, I saw some influence of urban legends in there. Uh, sure. With, with the with the one plot twist, um, I don't want to go beyond that. It's and, and I'm not referring to the movie or the franchise Urban Legends. Just a urban legend is used in this, which was an interesting twist. I, I liked it. Thanks, thanks. Oh, I see. You mean like the actual urban? Yes, the actual legend, not the movie. the actual yeah, legend, not not the franchise. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I only caught the one urban legend. There's only one in there. That's it. So There's the one, yeah. And, uh, and and I found it. Was that Derek? I said one is all. One's all, all you need. need. Um, what made you go the direction of females being the the tease or the trap instead of uh, males being the trap? You know, in in Hollywood, um, you know, for one, being an independent filmmaker, you're already. I always say this, but it's like boxing and swinging with one arm tied behind your back. So you're already fighting an uphill battle. You're probably not going to win. And I wanted to do something that was different. And you know, when it comes to movies, I wanted to make it look like it was nostalgic. We we shot it all in HLG so that it would it would have that kind of that nice creamy kind of that green look to make it more, look more like film. And then we went ahead and colored it like um, they colored uh, the Halloween movies. We wanted to make it feel like it really was something out of the 80s. Um, but by the same token, I didn't want to, to to do the same thing and rehash the same things that um, so many filmmakers did in the 80s. I mean, I'm a big fan of Chris Columbus, uh, you know, um, uh, Reitman. I, I mean, I could, I could list a million different directors to take up all your time. But um, one of the things that they don't have is that they didn't have um, a female antagonist. And I, I really, really wanted to do something different because females to me are terrifying. I mean, when they say health, half, no fury, like a woman's scorn, they really do mean it. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I wanted to show that women can be just as terrifying and, and we all know just as crazy. So I wanted to show a different side of that. And I think the, the two young ladies that uh, Ashley Renee and Mary Kate McCormick did a really good job of bringing that out and really showing those two sides that I think we all are so familiar with seeing in real life, you know, um, I'm married and my wife can go from being really sweet. And if I do something wrong to being, well, not so sweet. Um, so I wanted to show that and I wanted to show them in a, in, in, in a place of power rather than just a, um, a sexy, um, piece of eye candy, you know? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good direction. Thanks. Why do you like that? How'd you come up with your casting, uh, for last house? Um, well, the same way we all do. I, uh, I put out a casting call and we had a lot of people that, that, that uh, auditioned for it. And a lot of them just didn't get the idea. They just, and the thing is, is that we had to, because of this, the people that actually played in this are all college student age. If they're not going to college, Mary Kate McCormick actually just got, uh, accepted Johns Hopkins. So she's gone now, but all college age, um, Dylan Garcia, um, he uh, was a film major uh, at Scasso Community College. And so these these kids are actually in college. But a lot of the, the people that I call them kids, but they're adults, but they're kids to me. But, um, <laughs> you know, when they when they showed up to audition, they just they couldn't nail the the source material. And so I'd let them know kind of the feel I was going for. There's a reason why I named the girls Chrissy and Janet, you know. I made a reference in the movie where they talk about James Vanderfluke and and just things like that. And um, they didn't understand because they they were born after those times. So I had a real hard time. The people that got it were the ones who got calls, got the callbacks. And out of all those people that got the callbacks, there's probably about 20 percent of them left. 
and the ones that were left, except for Jeremy Behe, which he didn't get any of the references, but he worked with us on Pocket Man and Cargo Boy 1, 2. He's doing number three next week with us. Um, he's been in a lot of movies. And I just thought, you know, this kid is is a dynamo. He's a real, he's a real sharp tack. Um, so I gave him the source material and I gave him all the references and he pulled it out of his butt so well. Like he really took the time to study what the, the movies and the television shows that made our lives so great growing up, you know? Um, I, so I think I was surprised on the pickup lines. You didn't have the girls use was we'll just come knock on our door. <laughs> yeah. Wanted them to be like, okay. So it's in the script <laughs> and, uh, it didn't, it didn't make, the, it didn't get it. And, uh, no offense to them, but I, I think that it's just one of those things where it's in the um, it's in the song for Three's Company, and I don't think that they they really got that far ahead where they they paid attention to that part. So it was written in the script, and I don't think after a read or two, I'm like, I don't think it's translating. They're not getting it. She keeps saying something else like, "Why don't you come on over?" And I'm like, "Hmm." So we left it in the script, and after we shot, I don't think it made the last. It just didn't make the final cut, obviously. Um, <laughs> Which, yeah, there was a few things that I wrote in there and they just didn't get. And, they're, and they were like, why is this in here? I can't say, I don't know how to say this or things like that. So um, it was a challenge. You know, I mean, if I worked, if I was working with um, uh, actors that um, that were in their 40s, I don't think I would have had a problem with it. But and it's, but they all did a great job anyway. So I think it still translated pretty well. I think if you had actors in their and 40s. Kids these days. It'd be weird. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I I don't think I don't think it would be the same same type of film. Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean it had to be college, you know. And it, 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 I mean that's that's the whole thing, right? I mean even the bookstore scene. Um, I wanted I wanted Derek the character to appear like he was as lost as all of us have been trying to sell back our books, or to wait in line, um, to, just to deal with that in the in the snotty cash uh, the snotty cashier. Um, it's just the funniest part. And the guy who actually, um, he's a little bit younger than me, but not much. His name's Ernesto Ortiz that played the cashier in that. And um, he's, a, he's a hilarious uh, comedian. He does a lot of great shows. And I said, hey, this is what I want. And he goes, oh, can I just dress like a goth goth girl? I'm like, please dress like a goth girl. So he he did it up. And I think, but of course, he's, he's just a little bit younger than me. So he got all the source material. He knew what he was going to do. And um, I think it translated really well. So we got a few people that were 40 in there, but not too many. Works. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, had a real great time with it. Um, the kids were great. Um, they, they really uh, picked up the pace, especially there are some, the, so there are some spots that were just, uh, you know, they're very risque and uh, you know, you expect to, to deal with some adversity when it comes to those things, but they all were constant professionals. Uh, I gotta say, very, very pleased oh, with that. I, I saw, I mean, there were some moments I, I looked like, okay, is, is he going to, is Adam going to take the the uh, stereotype approach with with the scene and all clothes come off on this one? Uh, I was surprised that actually they didn't, and I, I think it actually made it work even better. Thanks. Yeah, I, I wanted to, stro- uh, to show a tremendous amount of restraint. Uh, there's no point in showing everything. There was some things I wanted to show, um, but even after. Um, I, I, we were we discussed it. Uh, Clay Moffat is my business partner, and he was DP on this. And uh, we discussed it, and he's like, "I don't feel comfortable doing that." And the reason being, being isn't because of the subject matter or the fact that I don't feel comfortable shooting something as risque as that. It's this still has to go to the movie theater. 
This still has to go on Amazon and Tubi and all those other great platforms. Um, and I'm afraid they're not going to take it. Like if we get if we go too much further, and the things that were we did push, we wanted to go further with um, were just for uh, comedic sake. It really was right. like the part where Jeremy's Behe, char- uh, Behe character, uh, his name's Derek. Um, he was peeking in the window, right? And it was clear what he was doing. He was he was pleasuring himself to what he didn't know what he was seeing. And we wanted to show him falling down and running with his pants down. Um, I thought that'd be really funny. And we actually shot it that way. But on the second or third take, we didn't tell him that we were shooting that way. And we just shot him from the waist up. And just let him pull his pants down each time. Um, <laughs> because it translated better in his face that he did it. And it just it looked better. Um, yeah. But yeah, they fought me on that. He's like, no way can't shoot i'm not showing that okay well but even with the ladies it's like okay you're you're gonna expect uh with an 80s style comedy or 80s styles horror film there's gonna be there's gonna be nudity yeah and and the lack thereof i think was a great nod to that genre without having to exploit what that genre was back in the day and it yeah, made it a little bit more appropriate for for current times, especially with the way society is today at the moment. Oh, I want women to see this movie and I want them to enjoy it. And there's no point in putting uh, a character that's a female in a position of power if we're going to take all that power away by stripping them down. I mean, they are right. the antagonists. So I, I wanted them. And by the way, when we discussed it with them, I'm like, I want you to pick out clothes that you feel comfortable doing this in. Do you feel comfortable doing this? And of course, both young ladies were like, we don't care. Whatever you want, we can do. This is fine. We love the subject matter. It's it's going to be wonderful. We, they love the script. And I'm like, but I really want you to feel as comfortable as possible because this is your movie now. You're, this is this is your big movie. You guys are actually the stars of this movie. Everybody else is, we're just kind of sitting around participating, you know? And um, so a lot of the outfits that they picked out, they picked out those outfits and we, we bought them. You know, we, we made sure that they got exactly what they wanted out of it because, I mean, in the end, maybe, uh, you know, the girl is wearing a bra and a pair of uh, panties, but, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry here. Um, that was weird. You guys still there? Okay. Yeah, still here. Um, yep. My, my, <laughs> Um, maybe they are wearing a bra and panty set, but um, the fact of the matter is, is that um, maybe when a, a woman sees that, they're like, "Hey, I, that's a cute top or a cute bra. Those are really nice panties or nice shorts." But I wonder where they got them from, you know. And I kind of wanted women to be able to enjoy it as much as men. So even though there are two females in the movie that are that have half their clothes on, there's just as many men that have half their clothes on in the movie. So. Right. But you know, being in bras and panties, they could have been wearing swimsuits because they had a pool in the backyard at the same time. So either way, again, it was, you know, like the near the end of the film because of actions being taken and getting messy and not in that dirty way. So people get out, get your minds out of the gutter. Um, It's like peeling the clothes off because, well, why ruin them even more? With, with more bloodshed, then you have to set them to the side and, you know, they're in what they're in. It just makes cleanup a little easier. Nice. You know, the only reason why we did that is because there was a joke in there we wanted to throw in. So <laughs> you couldn't do it unless we had them fight about it and take their clothes off. And then, you know, that, that big, uh, <laughs> big coup de gras at the end there is a, it's a huge joke. But, like, that's the whole it wasn't we didn't want to do it just for the sake of doing it the only reason why we did it is because it, it had to the joke had to happen so it helped out a lot and I, and I think that the young ladies that participated in it uh, really appreciated it and we've had a lot of reviews come in and uh, the same thing has been said they're like hey thanks for showing some restraint and a lot of the reviewers are males so to have that i think is uh, so many males say that to me too is a great honor 
you know, to say, Hey, like, thanks for the restraint. It was much better that way. We appreciate you not, not doing what you, what you could have done, you know? Right. Hmm. Nice. Very cool. So it's good to hear that, that you're, you're getting so much positive feedback. We really are. You know, the funny thing is, is that when you have a bad movie, you'll get like a hundred reviews in a week, right? Or a thousand reviews in a week, all bad, right? But when you have a movie that people like, um, they, 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 it's just, it's just a very slow matriculation of reviews <laughs> come in. <laughs> but professional reviewers like yourselves, I think they, uh, we've, uh, we've really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the accolades that have given us. So, thanks. Well, I appreciate That's it. Good. I mean, I don't. Good. Maybe it's me getting old, which it is. It probably is. Um, <laughs> but it seems like anymore, the the gratuitous nudity, unless it really helps drive the story along, it's not needed as much anymore. And I think that the viewer doesn't really appreciate that anymore. You know what I mean? I think they're looking for something else. And again, well, when we wrote the movie originally, it was going to be darker. And again, uh, I don't think viewers want to see something that's that dark and dystopian right now. I mean... The last two years have been mm. not the last year and a half has not been so great. So I, I, we really wanted to make something that was enjoyable, but still fit into the genre where indie filmmakers can present their work and have a leg up on the community. You know, so right. it still had to be, but we wanted to make it more enjoyable. So I hope that translates. Now, speaking of, I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Sp- speaking of the last year, year and a half, when, when did you find the time to shoot this film? Uh, we literally found time to shoot it. Um, I believe we did reshoots in July, so May. I shot it in May. Wow. Yeah, we pushed it up fast. We, we were sitting on the script for a while, and the concept for a while, and we were sitting on the casting for quite some time. So we just waited till there was a great window to open up where we could uh, make reasonable COVID precautions and masks and sanitizer and prepackaged food, things like that, for craft services, and then we just went at it. We called all the locations. Everybody's ready to go. Give everybody their money, and we just shot it. And we shot the entire movie in four days. Wow! So um, wow, we had a hurry, you know, and we wanted it out. Edit was done in about two months after reshoots, and then uh, was off to the races. So what? What were some of the COVID precautions? Um, Since this is yeah, everything now is a whole new world when it comes to um, entertainment. Because I know, talking to my brother, he's gotten back into the entertainment business himself, uh, doing concerts, working as a rigger or lighting uh, various concerts that he's at there in the Denver, Colorado area. And I know companies like, he was saying companies like Live Nation, they're requiring tests daily for their events. Uh, daily, daily. So they're doing rapid testing on everyone. And then even, and it's the band and the band's management, like out at Red Rocks that dictates mass policy. Um, it's automatic. If you're indoors in the hallways or whatnot, you got to wear a mask. If you're outdoors, it's up to the band and the band and a lot of the bands have been dictating it's masks everywhere, including the outdoor booth location, unless you're the performer on stage. But the moment yeah. you come off stage, mask is right back on. Sure, sure. So, um, so what? What's it like? I guess more in the independent. I won't say in the independent film um, production area because I'm assuming it'd be the same way on a major TV and film projects as well. What are some of the new policies that you're and procedures you're having to run into uh, to get a film done? 
Well, I mean, it's it's similar to uh, when uh, first and foremost, before I was I ever directed anything, I was an actor. I've been an actor my whole life um, since I was 15, um, and the last few years have been rough. You know, you put if you go out for a production or a television show, they'll stick you in a bubble for two or three weeks before you even start, and you have to test every single day if it's a long production. Uh, there's a COVID compliance officer on these big SAG films that you know I have to be on, and. Um, and mask wearing is mandatory. Prepackaged food is mandatory. I mean, they're they're very strict, you know. And and um, you know, it's understandable. They have to be. You don't want to get people sick. It's not a pleasant uh, disease. Um, we were fortunate that we shot this before the Delta any any sign of the Delta variant had gotten to the U.S. We wanted to rush and get it out. We knew it was happening. We before we started having those little those little pop ups of that Delta variant. We wanted to everything. Uh, COVID uh, cases were low, especially in the state. Uh, and we shot right by uh, Arizona State university uh, okay. go send up um so we wanted to make sure that it was a time where it wasn't overly populated may's a great time for that um especially in the state um and uh besides that we knew that covid cases and hospitalizations were very low at that moment uh so we still did everything um by cdc recommendations we had everybody sign waivers um stating that they would let us know if they found their contact with someone who had covid they on set um, and have a negative COVID test, masks, sanitizer, and uh, everybody had to be, if they weren't on camera, they were required to be um, at least six feet away from each other. So it was difficult to direct under those circumstances. And of course, anybody behind the camera, um, everybody had to wear masks the entire time. I mean, my face, sometimes I'd shoot, you know, the actors don't have to be there for 14 hours a day, but damn sure I am. So um, wearing a mask for 14 hours a day definitely uh, makes your nose uh, get little sores on your nose and all sorts of great stuff. Really? And well, changing masks out constantly. But um, in, in the end, everybody is getting used to it. So they're really compliant. They weren't giving us a hard time. Um, and they were very comfortable right when a uh, scene was over, all step, like for instance, I said the bookstore scene, uh, there was, I think, five extras and one actor in that, or two actors in that scene, and they're all very close together in a bookstore um, in line. And they were very, when we said cut, and it was either cut or reset or cut and take, take five, they would spread out from each other, immediately put their masks back on, and they would sit in their own, uh, you know, perspective areas. Most of them sat outside and waited outside. So there was, there was definitely a, um, an air of caution, but people were very willing to get back to work. So um, they didn't want to do anything to jeopardize anybody else's health. And, um, and I think that they also had to certify either that they had their vaccination and vaccination cards or that they would continuously wear a mask and they would have to prove that they did not have um, uh, a positive, they could not have a positive COVID test to work. So it was difficult. So we had to choose a cast of six people to make it so that, that they didn't get any worse. Um, I have a friend that worked out in uh, Virginia for a major television show that's coming out for CBS. And one of the main stars decided he was too cool to listen to the compliance and went out to a party mm -hmm. and he got COVID. They shut down the entire production. All the, um, you know, didn't get to work again for, I think it was like, uh, it was going to be two weeks and it turned to be 30 days. Oh, wow. So when you do that kind of stuff, you know, halt production for 30 days, that's a lot of money out the window. So we just decided to keep it really small, a six person cast, four major characters. And then I think there was like um, 10 extras and we had to shoot in four days because we had a very small window where you didn't want anybody to get sick. We wanted everybody to get in and get out. So it was challenging. Absolutely. So was it, was it weird going through a, uh, I'll, I'll just call it a gorilla shooting schedule? Yeah. 
it was hard. It, it, it was it was challenging. I, I don't like saying anything is hard or difficult because it wasn't. And there was challenges that presented themselves every single day. Um, what we have to do is when you do something like that, um, you have to make sure that you're scheduling people in such a way that, especially to the actors um, and, and the crew, um, that it doesn't appear that you're shooting for long days. So we had to cut everybody, we had to break everybody's schedules up so that they had shorter days and that everybody had a lunch. And so the only two people that were there, well, three people there the entire day was uh, my lovely wife who produced the movie. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for all your money and, and being there for us. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then click off it, uh, my DP, my, and I was there. Um, we had a handful of grips working all the time uh, um, and, 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 and crew members, but we had to really keep them apart from each other. And, we, and, uh, and they, they had to work in shifts. So um, nobody got tired <laughs> except for us. But um, it was hard. It was it was really it was very difficult to do. And we're we're shooting another one. We're shooting, uh, you know, Clay's next movie, Pac-Man and Cargo Boy, The Wrath of the Viper Sniper, number three. Um, those last two have been very successful. So we're shooting another one and the shoot's going to be five days. And that's wow. a huge cast. And it's, it's a bigger crew and a bigger cast. But I think that uh, The Last House in the Street was our practice run on how to shoot in this post-COVID world. Um, and I think that uh, I think all in all it worked out. I think we, we've we developed a system that works. Do you, do you think so it was, go ahead there. it was, so it was, as you said, it was, there were challenges, but was it, was there a little bit of it that was kind of exciting too to like do it in that, that way? It was exhilarating. Um, Clay has often shot a lot of his movies very quickly like that. This is the first time that I've, I've, I've been a runner. I've, I've run the whole thing. I was a big boss man on set for most of the time. And to have all of those wheels turning at once and so quickly was terrifying. And I know Tyler Perry says he does it five day shoots for all of his movies and stuff like that. And I hear he can do a great job, but he also has an exorbitant amount of funds that he can use to, to, to facilitate right. that kind of a shooting schedule. Whereas, you know, we decided we were going to go ahead and just a two camera setup for every shot so we can move faster. Um, but I mean, ideally if I could have had three cameramen, I, I could have shot it even, even more efficiently. Um, you know, a lot of these, uh, as you say, guerrilla filmmaking, uh, um, projects where someone will run around with, I, I know a popular camera right now, um, is, uh, the Sony, um, what is it? The a seven, the Mark three, and they'll run around with that DSLR all day long and, and shoot like one camera and shoot all these different scenes. But we really didn't want that. We wanted, we wanted nice cinema cameras that we could use that would give it that nice film feel. And, um, we wanted to get, we wanted to run it with two cameras going all at the same time, sound going at the same time. Um, you know, and that way we could, we could do two, we could do the shot two or three times and then run. And I know that one of our actresses who will remain nameless, but she says, oh, can I can I do that shot again? And I had told them all, I said, listen, we're running this just like it's a television show. So we don't have a lot of time. We're going to take our shots. And when we say cut, time to move to the next scene, we're moving to the next scene. And she was a new she was new at it. And she says, ah, that one again. And I go, nope, sorry, you cannot. We're done. Um, you got three chances to do it. And that's the three chances you get. We're going to use one of those. So, um, you know, but I told them they were. Mm -hmm. Every take was fantastic. All of her interpretations were amazing. So there was no need to. But I think she comes from those more, like you said, guerrilla independent filmmaking productions where you can just ask the director, hey, I have another option. I'm going to do it right now. And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. But we, we couldn't do that. We, we had an intent to get this movie out with uh, 30 to 60 days finished being shot. And there was a lot of people waiting to get their hands on it. So <laughs> we had to move. <laughs> and the industry star starved for, uh, for content right now, you know, and the content that is 
getting onto the scene, uh, a lot of it is not the standard in which, you know, we should hold ourselves to. So um, I think we just really wanted to push it out as quickly as possible and make a good product or good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, you were mentioning um, post-COVID. Do you ever see where we, where you guys in the film industry uh, may return back to a semblance of what used to be pre-COVID? Or, oh, absolutely. Or do, absolutely. You, or do you think there's going to be more of the new policies involved that's going to overshadow what used to be the norm? No, I, I don't. I think that things will go back to normal. I really do. And uh, this is not just a tale of hope. Um, science has told, showed us time and time again that when we have a, uh, a newer virus that is very virulent, uh, it can be very, very deadly to humans or whatever, whatever uh, reservoir population it's, it's residing in. And the whole idea behind life um, is to adapt and overcome. And the, the, the purpose of a virus is to live as long as it can so it can keep replicating. So to kill a host isn't very... It isn't the best way to do things. So what we'll wind up finding is that since it's mutated so many times, I think we'll probably wind up getting a strain that can be communicated very easily, but not be so horrible to its host. And I think that uh, we'll inevitably get there. But until then, I think the only thing we can do is vaccinate, 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 and just and hope for the best. But probably in the next like two or three years, we'll 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 definitely we'll look back at this uh, with unfond memories, and we can we can move on. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. But I'm not a doc, though. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I but think you, it'll get back to normal. But you stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. That's right. Sorry, I am, bad joke. I love that. Mm, old joke. Old commercials. Um, it's true. Mm, what were some of your favorite moments with the film? Okay, so there was a lot of them, but if I had to say. Three of my favorite moments. One is, again, I'm a man, Clay Moffat. Couldn't be here tonight. Hi, Clay. He's setting up for our next film. It's why I'm in a car right now. Um, and uh, he's getting all the pre-production stuff all ironed out and ready to go. But he makes, obviously, very family-friendly movies. So when he read the script, he's like, well, this is nothing I would have ever written in my entire life. He's like, boy, there's a lot of uh, curse words in here. I'm like, yeah, there sure are. You know, <laughs> and when he shot it, his face look at any given time. His face was beet red the entire time. He was mad. Um, he was just always usually has a lot to say, and he didn't have a lot to say on set most of the time. Just very quiet, a lot of blushing. Um, his lovely wife said, "Hey, um, you should let uh, her watch this." He goes, "Um, but she's never watching this." <laughs> very wholesome wonderful people um so this is my baby but having <laughs> there was a lot of parts people were really uncomfortable with jeremy Behe sitting outside that do- that window uh we know him from you know uh i knew jeremy when he was just a little kid we did a couple commercials together um where i played his father and things like that just a little guy and now he's this giant you know man right he's he's grown up and um but he he did pocket man and carter boy and he was this cute little chubby little kid making jokes and and to have him sit outside that window or to say all those words or to or to uh you know to act like he's smoking weed on camera uh for people that know him including my wife um they were just by the way his mother's still on set he's a grown man his mother is still on set to this day um lisa's fantastic <laughs> i have a problem with it she's like oh he says he, he curses all the time it's fine <laughs> but uh <laughs> but even my wife was like i can't i can't watch this i have to go somewhere else i can't listen to him doing these things and i'm like okay go go fine just get out of here you know because you know we remember him as a small child um, so things like that. And, and the guy in the bathtub, um, and the beginning, that's my son, uh, oh, wow. in it. So oh. 
be around for that shot either, which those are shot at two separate times, obviously him outside of the window looking in and then, you know, and then my son getting cut up in a bathtub. Um, you know, those are, those are two different shots and the actors weren't even around each other at that time, but to watch him, my, my wife, I even had a hard time watching it. I was like, I can't watch this. This is too much for me. Cause he's my boy, you know? I watched my five-year-old boy still, even though he's mm-hmm. grown. Um, and those were real fun. But I think my my favorite, the funniest thing that happened is there's a guy that he's a fantastic actor. Anybody who ever wants to hire him, his name is Jay Alfonso Lopez Jr. Nice mouthful. He's a great actor. And I said, hey, man. I said, last minute, I had a cancellation. And I said, could you please come out and just do a very small part for me? He's the guy with a squeaky toy in his mouth that she's sitting on top of. And he gets there. He doesn't know what he's doing. He says, hey, boss, I'm here. I said, okay. So can you get in there and uh, take all your clothes off, please? He said, what? Just take your clothes off. We're going to strap you to the bed. And he's okay. He gets in there. He just takes all his clothes off and lay bed. It's like, well, like, like this? I go, yeah. We And we tie him up to the bed. And uh, I said, okay. He said, now what? I said, I'm going to shove this uh, this hot dog squeaky toy in your mouth. He goes, okay, sure. I said, and when uh, when I give you the cue, you're going to squeak it. Okay? And he said, okay. I said, one more thing. I'm going to have a girl come sit on you, uh, sit on you, uh, put your hands on your chest. He's like, oh, sure, boss, whatever. And we're getting set up and we see the sound. I have it on sound on the edit. But we just see them. He's just sitting there talking while he's waiting and he's talking to Ashley. And he's like, so uh, are you with the lead on this? She's like, yeah, yeah. I just, she's like, can I put my hands here? Oh, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And he does it. And we shoot the whole scene, I'm squeaking the toy. And then we yell, cut. We do one more time. And I go, okay, that's a wrap on, you know, Jay Lopez. And we all clap. And uh, he goes, okay, boss, see you later. And he just leaves. They didn't, didn't even question what we were doing, had no idea what the movie was going to be. I didn't have time to tell him what the movie was. Um, and he just came and left. He didn't even ask. He didn't even ask for pay. He didn't know what he was getting paid, didn't care, just showed up. Wow. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, sure. So I thought it was hilarious. And everybody was like, who the hell was that? And one of the people thought, I thought he was like a delivery guy. <laughs> he just came in that while we were shooting. <laughs> Cost me a professional, but he, he thinks he just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, where, where do you want me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that was probably the most enjoyable time on set was with Jay. I think he was so funny. He sounds like one you would look at and go, "Hey, you just come over here." And oh, by the way, we're gonna ram these five arrows through your stomach. You okay with it? Yeah, sure, boss. Okay, what do you want to do? Yeah, <laughs> he's a pro, man. He was sure, just gonna sure. be too, but he decided to go to Alaska for his birthday. So he's like, I, I want to, but I have to go to Alaska. Go to Alaska. Go have fun. You know, it's whatever you want to do. But uh, yeah, he's when you see actors like that, sometimes and you say the most outlandish crap to them, and they're still like, sure, whatever. I love that. It's hilarious to me. Oh yeah, you gotta love that. We're gonna pull these arrows out of you, but you gotta walk yourself to the emergency room. <laughs> I think you would. I think you would. <laughs> Team player. <laughs> Were, were there any moments that uh, you would consider like hairy moments on set that you're. Yeah, um, there was a few. Um, so a lot of the scenes are in close quarters. And so generally what you try to do is you try to set the cameras um, to shoot in those scenes, shoot one person at a time. Right. There's one scene where that's impossible. And that's one of the final scenes. Um, you know, uh, Chrissy, um, the character Chrissy is, is trying to cut open a drugged, um, Derek, you know, he's sitting there and, and then you have, um, then you have Janet behind her trying to instruct her on what to do. These young ladies out of design, we decided to shoot this scene at the time it shows in the movie. So if you watch the clock again in the movie, you'll see the time. And that's actually the time they're doing this. It's very, very early in the morning or very late at night, depending on, um, your outlook on things. So I'd say it's very late at night for me. Um, and they're very tired. It's a very, they had two very emotional scenes before this, um, to make sure they were worked up for it. And they got in there and, uh, you could, you could hear the exhaustion and the, and you could feel because they've, they've, they've been together for so long 
acting for so long in this movie now and they've been with each other like rehearsing and um it sounded like they were sisters we wanted that we couldn't bring them to, to we i didn't think i could bring them to realize what i wanted from them at that moment in time but i wanted them to fight and i really do believe that in that moment looking at both their faces they were while they were saying their lines they were actually fighting Wow. Because they were just so tired, angry with each other. I mean, they're, they're not really angry with each other in, in real life. They love each other. They're, they're they're very professional people. But at that moment, we got the exact emotion that we wanted out of them. But to be in the room with them when that was happening was very uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, you know, you're trying to respect everybody's face at the same time. You don't want to, well, someone has their shirt off and they're doing all these things to direct them as they're doing this and have to and have to explain to them more than one or two times to do it. It feels like, I mean, it's a necessary evil in the, in the business, but you, you don't want to be on top of them too much. Um, you don't want them to break down, but you want them to be there in that moment. We always hear about um, uh, the, the movie The Shining and, and how much, um, what's that actress's name right now? I can't think. It's been a long day. But oh. She almost loses her oh. movie life. Linda Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Duvall had a nerve breakdown on The Shining. Um, and it was intentional. They, they wanted to make her as as, as nerve-wracked as possible. Right. And I didn't want that. I wanted to go more like a, uh, a setting prior, Private Ryan thing where we just juxtaposition the actors to feel the way they were going to feel about themselves uh, and toward each other. And I think it worked out really well, but to be on the other side of the camera filming that was very uncomfortable. And then to be in the editing room watching that get edited, I did not like watch that, that scene at all. It was very hard to see because I had to put the actors through a tremendous amount of self torment to get that out of them. But, uh, so it was kind of hairy and mm. it was very, and, <laughs> and I don't think I wanted to be there. I mean, I'm pretty sure nobody else wanted to be either, but I really wanted the viewer to feel like, uh, I wanted to feel like that was uncomfortable. You know, was there anything that you were wanting, uh, the cast to do that either because of stress of the day or, uh, other situations, they just said no. And, and you got a lot of, uh, fight back on. Yeah. And, there's and, one thing. So, um, there's a scene where girls drive by in the car, right? They, they wait at Chad. Um, and, uh, they had already put them through the ringer for two days. And I said, Hey, so you're gonna get in this car and there's gonna be a camera on this side of the street, camera down the street. And, uh, you know, the street's cleared, you know, and I said, you're just going to get in the car and you're going to drive past these two cameras. You're going to pull out of the driveway, drive past these two cameras. And uh, one of the one of the young ladies said, yeah, I know how a car works. I know how to drive. <laughs> and everybody got quiet because no one's ever spoken to me. <laughs> <laughs> no one's never spoken that way in my entire life. I was like, oh, and I just sat there. I'm like, okay, let's just roll it. And I was really quiet. I didn't want to do anything at that moment in time. And ironically, they not, that person did not know how to drive because uh, they kept, what do I do next? I'm like, well, if you listen to directions, you would have heard that we want you to drive down, drive past these cameras and stop. I kept driving down the street and like, what are you doing? So we're out in the sun in the Arizona sun in May is really effing hot. Um, and I think it was like 108 degrees. I'm looking at the cameras and the cameras are almost at 200 degrees. Oh, wow. And like, mm. Hundred and as max as you can get out of them. Like, hey, we got one more shot of this, guys. So we uh, we're wrapping it up and bringing it aside. These cameras got to cool off. So um, the very last scene, they they just pull up enough where they don't where they don't stop in front of the cameras. They they actually pulled past the cameras for the last take. But that was the longest take in the entire movie, and it was the simplest one. And all all we had to do was take the car, and drive it past the cameras. <laughs> Wow. It was, uh, yeah, that's the only fight back I got or anything was that. Like, yeah, I, I know how a car works. I know how to drive. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, and I don't even think, I think it was just 
you know, putting him through the motions all day long. And knew these kind of things. I'm a friendly guy too, and I run a very friendly set. And I and I always tell people if you have a feeling about something, please let me know, and uh, I'll listen to it. And if I agree with you, I'll do something about it. And if not, I'll just say I don't agree with you, and we'll move on. Um, but don't be afraid of me. So I think that when it comes to being on our sets. I think for the most part, um, actors feel really comfortable just walking straight up to me and talking and saying, I don't want to do this, or I don't like the way this looks, or I can't say this. And, and we'll, tr- we'll try to work it out the best way we can. I-, I would rather them give me some resilience and some fight back than, um, than keep it to themselves, you know? Right. Right. Now, w- when someone snapped, when the one talent snapped back at you, did you happen to glance at your wife to see what type of mood she was in? Was she like, yay them? Or was she like, oh, they just crossed the line they shouldn't have crossed? So Heidi has never been a producer on one of my sets before. She she has been on a lot of sets with me as an actor and as as a you know and and uh, as a camera person and just whatever you know, as a producer. I've been a producer before, and she's been sitting by my side. I like taking her everywhere with me. She's a great person. Um, but she's also seen everything in the world happen. Um, she's one of those people. Um, so I was fortunate because that entire scene was MOS. If people don't know what MOS is. We didn't use any sound for that scene. So um, a lot of people just sat indoors where it was cool. Um, but when she got wind of it, she was kind of, she had a smile on her face, but it wasn't like a good for her smile. It was just like a, a kind of like a funny, like, well, that's par for the course. Good job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> move on. But yeah, things pretty much roll off her back like a, like a water on a duck, you know? See, I, I'm, I'm going to show off here. Derek, you know what MOS stands for? Nope. I believe proper. It, it's German for, it's abbreviation for a German phrase called meet out sound which is without sound. That's right. See, I remember I remember something from when I went to full cell for, for my audio education. And during the first couple months, it was, you learned a little bit of everything. And that was one thing I did pick up when all the audio students, well, we had to do a small film shoot for this class. All the audio students ran the Nagras and the, and the microphones, the film discipline kids ran the cameras and all the other stuff. Um, and one of the things we had to do was we had to do a scene that was MOS. And when it was discussed in class, I was like, what's MOS? They go, mit out sound. I'm like, oh, okay. So I always remember the German inflections the guy tried to put on it. <laughs> so that's just something I, re- I remembered. So it's without sound. That's right. That's absolutely easier to say MOS. So, in, yeah, then you don't sound like you're trying to do German. <laughs> When you when a situation like that comes up, where, where an actor will give you uh, will say something like that to you, is it hard to uh, not react in a negative way towards it, or are you able to just let it roll off? Yeah, I got a real thick skin. Uh, I, I mean, starting as an actor myself and going to how many different um, uh, um, auditions in person, and I mean. You have to have thick skin. I mean, I've come, I've gone to auditions. Uh, I went to one in Hollywood, so I got a call, and I was going to Hollywood. At the time, this place was called Cast Talent. I think it was C-A-Z-T Talent. Um, they were fantastic there. And it was for a Russian television show that they were shooting a large portion of it uh, over East L.A. And they needed some. Uh, they needed a lead gangbanger. So shaved my head, went in, uh, tats <laughs> exposed and tank top on. And I went in, did my thing, and, um, and they're like, yeah, you're good, but you're really uh, rather fat, aren't you? 
<laughs> I'm like, I am. Wow. I said, uh, and I wasn't really that fat. I just had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a pooch. But I was like, uh, but, uh, yo, I mean, you know, uh, being a, a man of my age now, I, I, I kind of fluctuate, you know? So at that time I, maybe I had too many donuts a week before. I don't know. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm rather fat. <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just, I can't before this. They were very nice to me and they gave me great feedback, but, uh, as an actor, you generally <laughs> just understand that there, someone might say something to you you might not like, and that's okay. Um, so when it comes to actors doing that, especially young actors, um, none of those people, if they were older, would ever be on a set and never say anything to a director. I've been on sets with, with really popular directors, and I've worked in some films with uh, like some, some really notable um, uh, actors. Um, and I would never in a million years, even with them, even if you're working with Eric Roberts or oh, his wife Eliza or or no LG or um, uh, Aiden Quinn, they don't. I don't care if it's a director that's been directing for 25 years. When they started out, they never speak to the director that way. They were anybody that way. Um, and the really great ones will remember everybody's name and, and, and treat everybody with respect, no matter where they're coming from or how famous they believe they are. Uh, but when it comes to young actors, especially those right out of uh, college, sometimes they're a bit plucky, I guess. Um, and uh, But that just comes with experience. Like They'll look back and be like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it's okay because it was Adam, which I, I actually, I don't mind. I mean, again, I'd rather them feel like they're comfortable doing these indie films to start off and, and, and hopefully they can make a name for themselves. And, I, and when it comes to this, um, they both did such a fantastic job with the material that, I mean, could I be really upset that they disagreed with me on one little thing? No. Well, I've got a great yeah, line. Yeah. I've got a great line for in case someone calls you overweight again. It may even get you the role. <laughs> You just, <laughs> just snap back with, I don't identify as being overweight. I identify as being trans slender. Trans slender. I'm going to remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I, I saw a couple different people use that on TikTok. I'm like, okay. So at work, we're talking about it because, you know, of course, this was back in, in May when the when all of this was really being pushed out there, um, especially with the company I work at, um, with the inclusion and whatnot. And I, I just came out and I said, look, guys, I no longer identify as being fat. They go, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm trans slender. Broke the ice. Everyone's laughing. They're like, okay, nice. did my job. <laughs> and, nice. and I think it's a great term. It's just something to help break the bank. And then someone... Uh, then someone knew, or then later in the day, someone saying something, I'm like, did you just call me fat? And he goes, no, I called you trans slender because <laughs> I haven't figured out how to call you old yet in a PC way. I'm like, I haven't figured that one out either. So yeah, it's going with you. <laughs> trans millennial. Well, you know, you, you develop, you develop chin millennial. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You develop thick skin. That's all you can do. And you know, especially the older you get or younger, the people that you work with are going to be. And, uh, you know, I was real skinny at one time. I was a real skinny, uh, sexy little man at one time. And that's those days behind me. I, I try I go to the gym every single day. So, but if someone wants to, uh, to say something like that, you know, you just let it roll off you. Just like anytime on set, you know, the factor is, and, uh, you know, so I mentioned making pocket man and Carver boy three. And, um, um, and, you know, our DP that worked on the other two, um, he decided he didn't want to come back. He created differences and he said, last bit, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. I don't care for this person. And ultimately, you know, what, what we had said, and, and we, we, we parted ways. We, 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 uh, we found another DP. But, um, you know, ultimately he said, well, it doesn't matter if you don't like somebody you're working with. We're all creating art. And you're going to feel a different way about this person and that person and everything else. And one thing that we're, we're just making a piece of art, have some fun. 
and uh, do the best job you can. And if you don't like that person, well, not like them after the shoot's finished, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I guarantee that person does not care when they're working one bit of whether or not you like them. They're going to just do and leave you alone. So it doesn't really matter, right? Um, that's the great thing about doing this kind of work is that uh, while you're on set, I mean, when I'm shooting, I, I love being in front of the camera, obviously, but uh, being behind the camera is so rewarding. And I mean, God, I could do for 20 hours a day when I'm there. I have so much more energy behind me. I mean, I love it. So it's, it's just, it's just playing pretend to make it hard. So, um, yeah, we shouldn't be so sensitive all the time. So I'm not just wants to snap it. So long as it doesn't like halt the production or, or uh, affect anybody else. Right. See, I, I, uh, as we talked about back in, in January, last time we had you on, you know, I, I work in entertainment as well. And for me, it's, I, I'm kind of going through that struggle. There's someone I'm working with that's having challenges with um, right now, lost some respect for him. But when we're on the crew together, I'm trusting him to do his job, to do it right, do it the best of his ability and, and get through the day. Because, you know, in the long run, it's how do the performers feel performing for the guests? If they're not happy, it's going to show if one of us is one of the issues of why they're not happy, uh, especially with the station I'm at now. And so it, it, there is that relationship of if you can't do it, don't be there. So, so I respect the one DP that you said bowed out saying, you know, I just can't do it now. Sure. Um, but I mean, if this is building during, during the shoot and, and there's no time and it's going to cause delays, it's like, you know, you, what do you do? Turn around and tell the guy, Hey, I'll get you a case a day. If you just muscle through this. And you don't have to hang out with the people after, you know, the case will be waiting at your door, your hotel room or whatever. Yeah. So when you work with a DP for the most part, they have a certain way they want to do things. Right. And that's why you hire a DP is because they have a great vision of what they want to do. And, and, um, you know, and they just, and they forward with their vision. Um, when I'm working and any other facet, whether it's uh, assistant director or director or, or, or uh, producer, if, I, if there's something I think they're missing, I might come up to them quietly and say, hey, listen, I need you to get some inserts here, okay? Because it's going to go – or if I'm, if I'm working as an editor, you know, and when I'm an editor uh, for a movie, I, I like to be on set because I want to make sure they don't – especially the independent films, they might miss something. And you don't want to miss anything when, you, when your name's on the, the credit block for editor. So, you know, you – you know, but hey, I need you to grab some inserts real quick, stuff like that. Uh, often you'll see uh, either a camera op, right? You go in uh, or for uh, the DP say, oh, no, I'm not doing that. You know, you have to say, oh, yeah, you are. Because, you know, we're writing you this check here. So go grab that insert real quick. And I find that in the independent film world, because um, that's the only place I've worked behind the camera and not in front of the camera, I find that egos can get in the way and they can get pretty upset about that. I can be a pretty difficult person to work with when it comes to that stuff. Um, but in the end, I I don't dislike them and and uh, when people dislike me for doing those kind of things i'm like hey i'm still a really nice guy and i really like you and if you don't want to work with me i totally get it but uh we should just muscle past this and and uh you know and smile and you know you'll hate me on this shoot too but i guarantee when we get off you won't hate me anymore you know um so yeah i think a lot of it just has to do with ego you know and and uh you know i think that if we're making something uh, you always hire the person that's best suited for the job regardless of not uh, whether or not you uh person to care for the person you know uh, outside of work um because i i guarantee i will love a person that i dislike in the real world if they can do a fantastic job and make my life easier you know so 
Do you think some of the ego comes from uh, just people looking at this as a stepping stone to get to the next level or to or be, or to that mainstream project? I think so. I think a lot of it has to do with that. A lot of it has to do with just just literally ego. I find there's a lot of things I could say. Um, I find that just in the world, and I've said this a million times, but when it comes to ethics, business ethics, or any kind of ethics in the world, right? Everybody is all right doing the ethical thing or saying that they're 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 a good person doing what they're supposed to do when they need to do it until it slightly inconveniences them then all ethics go out the window right so right. and that business ethics too if you're hired to do a job and you say i'm going to do this job i'm going to be a dp or i'm going to be a grip or your bathrooms or whatever it's going to be uh, the ethics says that you you need to do your job to the best of your ability you said you were going to do something a man's words is honor a woman's word is man as the human race not as um <laughs> male or woman um but uh you know you do it and you do it well and then if you have a problem you just you deal with it afterward you know you do what you have to do um and i find in our culture um our modern american culture if someone is slightly inconvenienced then 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 no there's no ethics involved that they're totally at carte blanche to say or do anything they want to do and i think that's that is incorrect. I think that if you say you're going to do something, if you're on a job, take your ego, stick it in your pocket, and you can put it back on when you leave. But until then, someone has something they want you to do, and it's part of your job description. You got to do it, and you should do it really well. Um, there's no reason why you can't, you know. So to the guy that you know could be giving you flack, I would just say, hey, listen, just stop giving me flack. I like, you, I'll buy you a case a day if you just be quiet. You know, I like that idea a lot. You know, <laughs> uh, giving a gift to show somebody that you know you're you're fine. You know, is, is probably a really smart thing to do. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and it also goes for the COVID thing. I mean, you everybody talks about whether or not to get vaccinated or whether or not they want to wear a mask if their civil liberties are uh, um, affected. But I mean, honestly, uh, it has nothing to do with civil liberties. It has to do a social contract so when we all when we started america it was based on a social contract and one of the social pieces of the social contract was that we all were going to do things that promoted the greater good and we weren't going to do something that was going to harm others so part of ethics is doing the ethical right. thing which you know i'm sorry but it might be an inconvenience but if you can get vaccinated you should get vaccinated if you can wear a mask you should wear a damn mask it doesn't hurt you you know it's not stopping your civil liberties you know but it's the same thing it's like i think that's why i'm bringing it up is that the hot button topic of of people discussing yeah. things like that i'm like hey if you have something you can't do it don't but don't make fun of everybody else because they're doing it you know what i mean I saw two different video conversations. Uh, one was talking about a lot of the attitude today uh, could go back to the start of the Industrial Revolution. And it's, well, things are so, so easy and so automated for people to do now. Why should they care? And they just look out for themselves. And then the other, uh, someone was trying to say, well, it goes back to, to a previous president. It's like, okay, if, if you just want to only go back one administration, cool, but it's been there for a while. Uh, we're all older gentlemen. We're, we're trans millennial. Um, hey, I am not a gentleman. Thank you very much. This is true. You're, <laughs> you're, you're part of the dashing duo. Um, but it, it goes back then to more than the last administration. It's been happening for a while. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's evident in everything that you can see. I mean, it was four years. You're talking about a lot. Four years isn't the end of it. I think that 
it brought some things to light. Absolutely. Because people were upset on both sides about all sorts of ridiculous stuff, which by the way, I don't have a lot of time in the world. And I, so I I don't have enough time to nitpick every little tiny thing. So like, I don't have enough time to focus on my president all the time or focus on what next door, if you civil liberties, but I will say that, yeah, since I remember being a younger, younger man and my father telling me things like, here's how you shake a hand and how you look at someone's eyes. If you see somebody, uh, struggling or, or walking through, open the door for them, male or female. Um, if you see an old person taking another trash, grab it for him. If a woman gets on the bus, stand up. Um, things like that we don't do anymore because a lot of us don't do. Some of us do. Um, but a lot of us don't because I think it's just an inconvenience. And uh, that didn't happen with our last president. Those people have been around for a very long time. Um, so, and it's, it's not going anywhere. I think that's, that's that there is, it yeah. needs to go somewhere. Um, well, I don't, you know, I, people lord the door for me. It's, it's the weirdest thing. I think it goes back even, even further than that. Um, I, I think observation wise, I think it almost goes back to Bush senior Clinton era. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. With, with, you know, where, yeah, because cause I see it, you know, being a parent myself, I see it with a lot of parents who are in their early 40s, late 30s, who they don't want a parent. It's like, then why did you have a kid? You know, yeah. don't don't say it was just an accident and and you're and you're just feeding them like a like a, a pet because they're not, um, you know, and then it's frustrating going to school functions and, and parents just don't care what the, the kids are doing on stage. It becomes like a social gathering for them. And. Who cares what the kids are doing when the kids are supposed to be the focus? Because um, I think there's a lot of self-centeredness going on. And that self-centeredness has been around for quite some time. Yeah. I think that's I, why I me, mean, I, I had knee surgery back in December. Uh, even when we were out someplace, I still, you know, I was on crutches and whatnot. If, if I saw an older woman standing and needed a seat, I gave up my seat and I stood because that's what you do. Yeah, sure. And, and she's and she was wondering, are you well but you're on crutches i'm like i'm fine you need to have the seat you need to rest i've been sitting long enough i need to stretch absolutely. my leg yeah absolutely that, absolutely well, yeah that that's a that that is a whole big thing with with why there's people now that still aren't vaccinated and stuff it's it's kind of there's a lot more well i don't know if there's a lot more but there is a lot of selfishness or people not caring about things like that Exactly. Where, oh, well. I mean, I can understand why they, they you don't know. want. I understand you don't want something to get shot in your arm. I, I totally get it. I have a lot of dear friends that didn't get the vaccine. But I also have two people that I know very well that didn't get the vaccine. And one of them went to a bike rally and came back and got his, gave his whole family the Delta variant. And now four of them are in our ICU. So because the entire men want to get vaccinated, which is their right if they want to get sick, I suppose. Um, I, I don't want to make it a whole a whole thing about that. But, um, you know, by the same token, yeah, I got the vaccine, vaccine so I'm a self-preservationist. I want to, I want to be healthy and I don't want to get sick. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, again, with the ethics, it's just, if it's a minor inconvenience, then Right. No, thank you. I get the major inconvenience. I can see if something you just can't do because it's just way too hard. Uh, but if it's not, then just, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be just with a vaccine. I think that's just, it seems to be what that's a lot of right now. So I think it's easy about that. But Well, well Derek, Derek will even tell you, I've never been confident about the vaccine. And it's more the production of it because I think sure. with technology, and, and this is, I mean, I know how technology is. I question the expediency of how the vi- the vaccine was created. Now, I still got vaccinated because 
once I got moved to this new stage location, after a month, I'm like, okay, this is my new norm. I'm going to be in tight and close with people because, you know, nature of the business. Sure. Now, working concerts and whatnot and doing changeovers, we're going to get in tight. Mask or no mask, face shield or no face shield, you're you're less than three feet from people. Sometimes we're shoulder to shoulder with people. So I did it to protect my family. And I think that's, that's being proven now. You know, like we said earlier in the show, I, I tested positive um, earlier this month for, for COVID. I'm vaccinated. I'm having pre-mile case. My sure. daughter... Right. My daughter, about four or five days later, tested positive for COVID. Uh, Actually, she tested positive the day before my birthday. Um, But I think if she potentially got it from me, she may have caught a, a milder strand because whatever part of the variant survived whatever attacks from the vaccine that from the antibodies of the vaccine that I got made it a milder case for her, as opposed to if she caught it from someone at school who's not vaccinated and and could have had a full blown and came from a family that didn't vaccinate. Sure. Mm. Absolutely. It's just, you know, I mean, again, it it does translate to every aspect of the, of the world we're going to find ourselves in, not just vaccines, masks, but again, people, uh, if it's, it's a matter of ethics. So, um, you know, people like a DP or a camera or, or, or who, someone else running a camera, a best boy, a grip, whoever it is, you know, generally speaking, when you're on these big productions, these people are at the height of their career and everything they do is meticulous. And they take such pride in their work because their name's going on that on those credits, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, with younger people, you don't you don't see that as much. Um, and then with people just starting out or trying to get to that upper echelon that they're trying to push to, um, I think that they're missing the point, because I think that if you just do your, the best job you can, you'll get to where you're supposed to be. And uh, it, it's yeah, a, so when it comes to that. The, the better you are at your job, the, the larger that brass ring is and, the, and it, the easier it is to pull. I think so. I mean, hey, I'm not going to get any awards for making last house in the street, but I hope people enjoy it. And that's what I was going for. I want, I didn't, I didn't sit around all day yelling at the cast and yelling at crew and, and being a tyrant and, and doing things just so because I thought that someone's going to see me in Hollywood do this and that's the next thing I'm going to do but I was like you know my name's going on it and I want to be proud of what I've done and I, I hope it translates well into the into the movie and the viewers can see it and be like I like that that was fun you know um, no negative reviews yet but if anybody sees it please review it it's on Amazon it's on uh, what's it on Plex it's on uh, Vimeo it's been picked up on like six or seven other stations oh wow yeah, it's really it's taking nice. off. Oh, and it's going to Harkins Theaters. That's, awesome. uh, that's all the West Coast stuff. So Harkins is in like California and Oregon and Arizona and Nevada. And Harkins is picking it up, showing a limited engagement starting on October 15th. So um, you can uh, see it there, too. So, yeah, I'm really happy. It's just people like it. So I'm glad we put our egos to the side for that. <laughs> so so at the moment, you're saying it is definitely the age of the independent filmmakers, especially since uh, with everything going on, streaming platforms are just looking for content to put on. I think everybody's looking for good content. Um, you know, that's the problem. So it's it's a it's a, it's it's two different things going on here. Right. So we have we have we need platforms and distributors need content, um, but they also are getting content that they don't want. So they have to sift through all this crazy content of stuff that we can't use this or this is not the quality we need because these guys just yeah. started and thought they could push this out. And so as a viewer, I, I run through a lot of stuff on these platforms 
uh, these huge platforms that I would never watch. And I think is substandard and it's horrible for so many different reasons or just poor writing or poor acting. And we all are victims to it. I mean, we're in an age where you have so many different choices on what you're going to watch and for your entertainment. So I think that, um, you know, yeah, it's hard for viewers and it's hard for filmmakers and for distributors and for movie theaters to get the content that they want. Um, but it's also at the point it's very exciting. Things are changing and the people who can adapt and overcome are going to do really well. However, that also means shorter shoot days, you know, uh, shorter, uh, which makes pre-productions a lot longer now, obviously to have a shorter shoot day, you have to have twice as much pre-production. Um, but you know, shorter shoot days, shorter editing times, and shorter distribution times, things are going very fast. I mean, one of our movies we sent off to green apple sour, um, we made, I think right before COVID hit in February of right before COVID hit here. Um, we, uh, we had to send it all through them through a program called IBM fast packs. So rather than give them a physical copy, we just took 15 hours to upload this 96 gigabyte file and then all of the closed captioning and everything. So it's, things are starting to move rapidly. And, uh, some of the bigger companies are looking for good material. So if uh, the film markets are going to go away or they're going to stay or they're going to change the way they do things. But I mean, we religiously go to AFM almost every single year, except for the last two years. Now that's the American film market case. People don't know in California. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't foresee going back if I don't need to go back to sell them. You know, so things are changing. It's very exciting. Is, is there a platform, uh, streaming platform out there that you like that was a surprise to you that you didn't know about? Um, I know for me, one of the last ones that was like that was uh, Crackle. I discovered them years ago. Like, oh, wow, this cool platform. And then recently, Tubi in the last few years, you know, the last year and a half, two years, um, ever since I got we got our Roku to box. Uh, is there a streaming platform that, that's been a, yeah, a, a pleasant um, surprise that, that you really like? Yeah, I mean, I like the, so there's, uh, for the platforms we're talking about, there's SVOD, which is just subscription video on demand, or AVOD, which is ad-supported video on demand. Um, I love subscription services. Netflix Studios and is right out in New Mexico. We love going there for stuff. Netflix is fantastic. Um, but they don't have as much programming, right? They have some, but it's not a whole bunch. Um, and then you got Hulu, which as for a subscription service is amazing. They do a great job. I love Hulu. If it wasn't for those two, I would automatically, if I was going to add it supported, I would go to be 100% of the way. I love Tubi TV. I was just watching MXC, the first season. Have you ever watched the most extreme elimination challenge? Yes. Used to when, watch uh, it all, used to uh, watch it all the time on Spike, which is yeah, now so Paramount. And now you can watch it. Yeah, right. So, um, And I was belly laughing so hard I stopped breathing for a moment. It was so funny. Just stuff <laughs> you can't get on television now. It's, it was so funny they just said it. Um, it was uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And, I, and, of course, a lot of my films are on Tubi. And Tubi takes very good care of us. So um, it's not a plug for them, but they do a great job. Um, when we submit a film to a platform, there's a lot of different options. Um, you know, I'm, there's one uh, platform that one of my films is on, and um, I'm not going to say what their name is, but because it's at, you can get ad supported or you can get a subscription. If you get the ad supported one, they the bit rate is very low. It's uh, the color is very bad. Um, Every, it's a very substandard quality. If you can imagine what 1080 looks like, it looks like 720. It looks really, really bad, but they've blown it up. If you pay for the subscription, it looks really great, but they're literally making more money off of the ads than they are off the subscription. So I don't know why they do that. So I don't like them, but when you go to Tubi, hmm. 
it's crystal clear. It looks beautiful. It's it's like you're buying it off Amazon and you're just watching it with ads. And ads, when we send something to them, we designate our ad breaks where we want the ads to be. So it's it's a perfect break. Oh, interesting. And if they do a really good job, the sound quality is top notch. Um, and the bit rate they're streaming is much better. Is it HBO Max? No. But have you ever tried to like watch the Snyder Cut on HBO Max in your Roku box? Sometimes it overheats your Roku box hmm. because so much data coming in at once. Try it. It's horrible. Um, so, yeah. I, you know? I may consider myself lucky because um, my household, we're running a fiber optic internet. Oh, nice. So, so there's a, so with the, with the network, uh, it's definitely pushing a higher bit rates out there. Nice. So the Snyder, nice. so the Snyder cut doesn't overheat. Plus, I've got the that hundred dollar box HD box. Oh, and I, I uh, got mine for like seventy nine bucks. I had to buy a new one because my little old cheapo just uh, pooped the bed on me um, for streaming too much stuff. Um, yeah. Well, we we paid the, we paid the the seventy nine ninety nine because we got them when they were instant rebate of twenty bucks. Oh, nice. Um, but it is the larger. The larger box, you know, the the square little box. Those are they're great. I have, I have a Roku TV um, that are is a TCL, um, and TCL just picked up a couple of our movies too. They have a, a, a channel on Roku you can download, and it's on all TCL television sets, which I think is owned by LG. I think if I'm correct, but anyway, um, and they're great. I, I love them, and uh, I love Roku. I just started because I didn't want to buy another box. Now I just started streaming it. If I want to watch HBO Max and the bigger movies, I just stream it through my PS5 now because I'm like I just don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, if I had the uh, if I I hope they come up with a bigger box, a, a better box. But I also live up in the mountains, so there's no fiber optic up there. Yeah. So yeah. See, that's gonna be the hard part for me if I ever move away from Orlando, Florida. It's like, what's the internet options? Orlando. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I Edgewater. I told you that once, but yeah, I think you did. Yeah, uh, I'm an eagle. I'm an Edgewater Eagle. So, um, yeah, I think my first acting gig I ever got was through our, uh, our, our national, our state bird, Wesley Snipes. He, uh, he got, he got me a, uh, an extra role on passenger 57. If Wesley remembers me, thank you, Wesley. But, uh, <laughs> Phil, he got me a job. And I believe filmed down here at Disney. Well, was Disney MGM studios, which is now Disney Hollywood yeah. studios. Yep. It was, it was great. I was one of those, uh, one of the people in the crowds, the first time I ever got to act in a movie, and I never stopped after that, so he helped me out. I actually auditioned for a movie he's, he's doing in uh, Las Vegas, so I hope I get picked up for it. Oh, cool. uh, like, thanks so much for seeing. hope I get picked up. I would like to uh, to kiss Wesley's ass some more. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put on the resume, Edgewater Eagle alumni. That's right. Well, he went to Jones, but um, uh, I went to Jones for – no, my, uh, my I'm sorry. Where am I? My, one of my friends went to Jones High School, and um, – I was looking at somebody and talking at the same time. Um, and uh, so he's like, yeah, come on and talk. Wesley Snipes is coming out here. He's, he's on his motorcycle. He drove on a motorcycle. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a big fan of you. And then he's like, yeah, you want to be in a movie, kids? I'm like, yeah. He says, he called this person and tell him Wesley sent you. I'm like, okay. And I called. and like, oh, sure. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wow. No, it was great. Yeah. So hopefully I miss Orlando. I'm actually coming to Tampa to see some family in November. So um, it's been a while since I've been back. Well, cool. Well, if you make it up to the parks, let me know. Yeah, I'm going to make it parks i'm going out if i'm going to leave and not be if i'm going on vacation that i'm not working because i'm a real dirtbag when it, if i have a vacation with my wife chances are i'm taking her for me to work somewhere <laughs> like, <laughs> um so this will be the first time yeah. to have fun so i'll give you a call yeah I, yeah you, you, you got my number shoot me a text i'll let you know yeah. if i'm working that day or not yeah i'm uh, i totally will i uh yeah, I'm going to take my nephew. I have a nephew I've, I've never seen in real life before. So I'm going to take him out to a couple of places and have fun. So, um, 
Oh, my sister um, in, in clear water. I'm going to fly into Tampa, and then we're going to probably drive up after that. Okay. Very cool. Thanks. Very cool. Uh, Derek, you got any other questions for, for Adam? Because we've gone all over the place I, tonight. Nope. I don't know. All over the place. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think my brain has nothing left. <laughs> when will Last House on the Street uh, debut? So Last House on the Street right now is already out. It's on Amazon um, Video. You can watch it if you're a Prime member. You can watch it for free. I suggest. I love watching Prime. It's on Plex TV, so it's another one of those great um, formats that you can see it on. Binge Horror is another subscription service you can see it on. Uh, a really new uh, subscription service coming out. September 1st picked it up, and it's a tremendous filmmaker. Um, his name's Joseph Maba. He, um, he's done some great things. Visionary made his own channel, and it's called Paradox Universe. And Ooh. it's going to on that as well. Um, I could look at this a list of places, and it's it's worldwide. When it's on Plex and Amazon, it's not just in, in America and in Canada. For all of our international friends, it's across I think like thirty six countries. So wow. you can see it anywhere you want mm. to in Harkins Theaters. Uh, December, uh, sorry, December October fifteenth, and uh, there's, a, there's a couple other platforms that I'm not saying. Like if you look it up, you'll find it though. You, you, you said you said Tubi. Tubi, uh, we're in the works of Tubi right now. Okay. I hope they have it uh, up by the fifteenth of the month. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Pluto TV? We'll see. Uh, not Pluto yet. We're still waiting. So okay. waiting on Pluto. Um, there's a, there's like ten platforms and I can't think of any of them right now. I should have had a list out, but I didn't have a list out. But definitely, you can see it on Amazon. You can see it on Plex. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of subscription based um, platforms as well. But those are good free ones. And where can people find you online? Um, you can always just look me up um, on Facebook. You, uh, look up Adam Berardi and you see this face. That's me. Um, and uh, also, you can look <laughs> Instagram. I think I'm the Adam Berardi, the only one um, on Instagram. Uh, also, I have an OnlyFans account where I do a lot of nudes, really tasteful nudes. So if you guys want to get on and check me out <laughs> on OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be one of the ones not banned. Uh, one of the ones not banned. I tuck everything in, so it's really classy. Um, and yeah, I just else? heard uh, I just heard they reversed that decision too. They did, but I actually put up just nothing but only fans on my picture. So I put up a bunch of oscillating fans and a bunch of box fans. And I thought that would work, but uh, they're like, "No, you <laughs> you're nudes again, That's bro." Good. So I like that. That's awesome. If you like Arabs, then you know you come see me on only. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there's the facebook and the instagrams and uh you know like uh, Nicki minaj once said if you want to find me you can always uh google my ass and uh i think that's one of the lyrics to her songs google me and uh you can also find a bunch of different platforms i think i'm on i think my manager handles some of that but i do handle a lot of it so if you go to instagram and find me i do handle instagram and i do handle a lot of the facebook account so uh, i can do that stuff my and all other stuff if you if anybody wants to uh Call me out for work. You can always contact uh, my manager, Luna Wise, at Volition Management, Volition Entertainment Management. So um, she can always take care of that for me. And I think that's it. That's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, again, sorry about the short communication. Like I said, I just I got zapped right around the time that I handle everything. And uh, we were talking before show. I was like, yeah, I think I sent him an email. And I sent him the email. I hadn't heard back. And Derek goes, I think that was the email you sent me. I'm like, oh, crap. 
Well, I'm just doing so it's not a big deal. And, and uh, I thought I'd hear from you today. I'm like, I'll just keep my phone on. And if I hear from him, I'll just hop on. So, um, yeah, and the cast, can, a lot of the cast can here, like I said, uh, got accepted to Johns Hopkins. That's where she is now. Uh, brilliant young lady. Um, Ashley Renee's back in L.A. working on set somewhere. Clay's working on set right now, getting ready for Pac-Man and Cargo Boy 3. So, and Dylan Garcia and Gabby Barbosa, also very fantastic in the movie. They're also working on a television set um, for... Um, for a, uh, a television show called Strange Places, um, which is uh, it's on uh, network TV, so they're they're everybody's doing great big things. I'm really happy for them, and I can't pull them away from their uh, their jobs today. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm going to say thank you for reaching out to us about about this. Um, yeah, and, and that you know, you, you had said you you had which surprised me. You said you had a great time the last time you were on, and <laughs> yeah, you know, to, to actually contact us without a. Uh, a PR agent, which I know, I think we worked with uh, um, October Coast, right? October Coast, fantastic, great PR. Group. Yep, I Clint, think they're wonderful. Clint and the the family there, uh, everyone yep. there's they've been great to yeah, us as well. Yeah, so. I, I really appreciate guys. I just had a great time, and I felt a connection last time. Uh, we almost looked like twins, so I figured you know we would uh, call <laughs> and see if you guys wanted to see it. Um, thanks for watching. I'm flattered you actually watched it and had me on. Well, like we said last time, yeah. we'll say it again now. You know, anytime you, you want to come back, let us know. Um, just drop us a line like you did this time, Definitely. and uh, and we'll help out. And I'm sure Clint and the gang there will appreciate that. You know, we we still help out you know previous clients of theirs to to help get projects out there. Um, yeah, I, I really do appreciate it, guys. You guys should be in our next movie. You should, you should totally come out and uh, be a, do a cameo. And hope you good. Works for me. Just got to figure out the time off. <laughs> I'll let you know we're shooting. Uh, we're shooting something yeah. really <laughs> for a five month period. So I'll let you guys know what, what happens. We're going to start shooting in December, and it'll probably go all the way till uh, late spring, early summer. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'll let you guys know. Um, thanks so much for having me on. I, like, oh, it's our pleasure. Flat. Glad you like the movie. I'm glad oh, yeah. that you're well and your daughter's okay. So yeah, she's getting better. Uh, she's just frustrated that she's got to stay quarantined in her room. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's one of those. It's one of those times. It, it stinks for us too. Sending her to a room for for no reason. You're sick, honey. Oh, yeah. you gotta go to your room. Uh, I'd ra- I'd rather be going. No, you didn't listen to what we said. You didn't do what we asked. Off to your room. I would have felt better. There's plenty of stuff in there to keep her entertained, though. Now it's not yeah. like when we were kids. She was staring out a window. That's wishing true. Yeah, well, I, w- I was still, if I got sent to my room, I would make a detour through the toy room and grab a bunch of stuff. That way I had it. And I always kept a stash in, the, in my bedroom anyway. Look at the show off. You had a toy room. I did. Well, yeah. for a while. No my toys were always in my room. <laughs> Eventually I that. Have a toy room. I have so many toys today. I, I have more toys than any adult male should have. I know. I got a whole room full of them here. That, that that's a lot. That's a line my daughter likes to throw back in my face. She goes, "You're the adult. I'm the child, and you have more toys than me." <laughs> and then I throw. Then I throw back uh, collectibles. She goes, "Yeah, yep. toys. Toys collectibles. They're all the same thing." Yeah, I'm horrible. I don't even open mine. They're always in the box. I never touch them. Horrible. Sure. Oh no, I play with them. <laughs> nice. Good. I want to. I, I I feel like I want to. I, I can, use my I can... as a medicine cabinet. <laughs> I can reach out in any direction right now and grab some toy. <laughs> nice, nice. Now you guys told me about the Biddy Boomers, right? Yes. Oh well, yes. I bought a Spider-Man Biddy Boomer. Nice. Did you use code Weeby Geeks for fifteen percent off? I did. Right after the show, I did. Right after the show. Awesome. I put it on oh, my cheap plug. Actually, I love yeah. it. 
and I wanted to keep it as a collectible. My wife took it and she brings it with her everywhere. So I'm probably gonna get the Thor one. <laughs> they're all they're all great. Uh, there, if you go to Target, you may find the Captain America Venom. Really? Yeah, and it looks so cool. I'll have to check it out. But it, it's not on their website at the moment. Uh, I got to talk to Casey and find out what's going on with it. When you get Casey back on. Yeah. Uh, but they, they've come out with a bunch of new ones, including uh, some Disney ones. Um, and, of course, a lot of different uh, sports ones. They, they've cleaned up a, a lot of them. Nice. Nice. Um, but hopefully you you can back us up by saying, um, like, apparently there's a Stitch one now available. I leave it on Stitch. That's my wife's favorite movie. Yep. Stitch is now out. Nice. And uh, for Disney, there's a Alien Remix Coco. Alien Remix Mr. Incredible. So it's the, the aliens from Toy Story dresses those characters. Nice. Uh, Anna, mm. Elsa, Jack Skellington, Olaf, Mickey Minnie, Rock Troll, Snow White and Stitch. I'm having my granddaughter one too. She'll love that. And then um, Marvel, Cap, Carnage, Hulk. Hulk looks great. Iron Man, Spider Man, Thor, and Venom. Uh, Star Wars, next big one. Uh, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, Darth Vader with lightsaber. Mandalorian, Grogu, eyes closed. Mandalorian, Grogu, Mandalorian, Grogu with snack. Stormtrooper and the Mandalorian. And our other big one that w- that we really liked are the Turtles. Uh, of course, you got all four Turtles. Shredder, Rocksteady, and Bebop. <laughs> I'll go check it out. Now, I can still order them online, though, too, because I don't like you, going to stores. You can still order online. Uh, you may have to ask them about the Captain America Venom because it's not listed okay. on their site. But if you don't care about that, uh, you can always get Carnage and, and regular Venom. Yeah, I could totally do that still. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll see. I mean, the park close to my house. Maybe I'll, I'll cruise in there. I just hate going in, going in stores. Well, if, if they're in Target, they're going to be back in the uh, electronics area by the collectibles. Okay. Um, just ask them for the for the character, uh, or see if they're available on Target's website. Okay. They'll tell you yeah. what ones in, are in store. Nice. Uh, I've seen I've seen a couple at GameStop, but I th- I think you know with GameStop it's whatever they happen to get in. Yeah, I love GameStop. Yeah, I yeah. buy collectibles, not games. <laughs> I, I, I think I think GameStop they order as a whole and then ship out boxes to to the stores and just throw stuff together in a box. Well, good for those guys making a product everybody likes and it seems to be taking off. And, yeah, and like we said, you know, it doesn't. Good you, with it. you don't ha- you don't have to push the volume loud. No. It's, it sounds really good, and it's simple to use. It's a button, which is really yeah. nice. Mm. And a lot of like Bluetooth speakers that we've had in the past, my wife's like, oh, there's so many buttons on this thing. And seriously, some of the Bluetooth speakers have like six buttons on them now. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah. it turns it on. And by the way, the battery life is insane. It lasts forever. She barely ever charges her phone or that speaker, and it's, and, it's, and both of them, the speaker's still going. Yeah, I think it depends on on how loud the volume is. Depends on how much it drains the speaker. Yeah. Because uh, I was working around... Uh, Power tools. I I was working on a sanding, uh, a restaining project on a shelf. My wife's. I had the um, like a radial sander, and of course, I had I had it up almost full volume, so I could listen over the sound of the power tool. I got about three three and a half hours. Oh wow! 
oh, it's not bad. Which again, you know, still almost at full volume. If I if I drop it down at work uh, when I use it with my laptop, and I have it sitting at like twenty five percent, yeah, I could I could almost go full eight hours with it. Nice. So yeah, the great thing for the heads up on those guys. Oh, it's our pleasure. Glad we able to yeah. get you a really good, really nice, easy portable Bluetooth speaker to take with you. Nice. Yeah, that will that will fill a room without a problem. Absolutely. In Good great speech. style. Yes. So, well, thank you again for joining us. It, w- it was a blast. Thank you so much, guys. Well, I hope to talk yeah. to you in the loop about coming down there and yeah. our next shoot date. You got it. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. No problem. Thank you, Adam. Awesome. See you later. All right. Good night. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. So we're back. Uh, we took a quick... <laughs> We, we took a little break after we got off with Adam. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed the interview. Um, touched on a lot of things, a bunch of great things. Uh, again, Biddy Boomers, he brought it up. Go to their site, biddyboomers.com. Use code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase. Some great stuff out there, guys. It's a great speaker, and we're slowly getting them out into the independent film world. How's that? <laughs> I may have to text Adam with the challenge of putting one in one of his films <laughs> just to see what happens. That could be cool. Product placement. Yeah, very well could be product. Yeah, very good product placement. Mm. It'd be fun. Uh, but we, we were talking during the time about uh, Marvel Future Revolutions, or Revolution, the new uh, Marvel mobile game, and how we said uh, we would love to see some of these character offerings uh, from different looks of the game for different characters uh, become Marvel Legend figures during under the uh, Game Reverse line. Yeah. Which I almost wish Hasbro explained the Game Reverse line a little bit more. Because now you got Marvel Legends and Marvel Game Reverse, and they're both six-inch figures, but it's like two different, like we were talking about earlier. The Miles Morales is part of the uh, No Way From Home, or No Way Home wave, but it's not a Marvel Legend line. It's a Game Reverse line. Yeah, but I think that they're part of the same line. They may be, but it's a different different packaging. Because instead of being Marvel Legends, it's Game Reverse, and instead of yeah, a black because, package, so it's a it's a white it's a white package. So that you know that those are game characters. But I think as far as uh, so so that's almost like Black Series with the gaming greats. Kinda, yeah. But because, but, with, um, but with the Star Wars Black Series with the gamer greats, all it is, all it is is a decal thrown on the on the bubble. Right. Well, this is a, is a whole different packaging, but I believe some of those are part of um, like the same builder figure wave as non game reverse. So, like like the the builder figure would have some regular Marvel Legends figures and a game reverse or two figure included. I believe. Well, with with the. Uh, um Miles Morales, it does come with the one of the armadillo pieces. Right. So, so it's still the same line, but it's Yeah. <clears throat> it's just it's like a sub category. See, and I'm look, I'm looking at Hasbro's thing. The game reverse figures are ten bucks. But it's a, but it's not the same box packaging as um I think that's some that is something different. I, yeah, I think there is a slight difference. Whoa, I can see your skin cells. Well, there's okay. that too. <laughs> that was a happy accident. 
um yeah it, it's yeah because looking at these it's it's a totally different um what they're showing is a totally different packaging than uh for that game reverse than what the marvel legend because like the miles is a uh 23 figure mm. And I've seen and I've seen the figures in the in the same it's the same style packaging as, as the Marvel Legends, but it's it says Game Reverse. But with but you go looking on Hasbro site, not Hasbro Pulse, and it's uh, you know it's just the regular. They don't have the regular um, what you call it Game Reverse because the Game Reverse those Game Reverse almost look like a a six inch um, bubble bubble on bubble on card type setup. I know I just explained that all wrong. I'm sure. So I I would love to know more about the uh, about the game reverse and what the true difference is between the uh, the ones that sell for ten ninety nine and the ones that are selling for twenty two. I wonder if it's the articulation. Maybe. Of course, I'm looking at the uh, Marvel Legends What If Wave Captain Carter and Zombie Captain America. I want to get that wave just for the uh, watcher figure, and I don't, don't even know why. <laughs> See, I would love to get the the Hydra Stomper. It's fifty three oh, bucks. Yeah, yeah. fifty three bucks. Yeah, no. I don't even see the watcher figure. It's the builder figure. Is it? Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, again, check out the website, weebygeeks.net, uh, support the show, check out our T public, uh, where you can get a weeby geeks logo shirt, uh, working on trying to come up with some other, uh, I have a, a star Lord inspired weeby geeks logo on there. Um, trying to come up with some other ideas. This show, since we're general pop culture, is kind of hard as opposed to Wookiee Radio and Mighty Marvel Geeks, where, you know, it writes itself. Weeby Geeks, it's it's the flagship. It's, there's, it's kind of hard to do mm. do things, but we're coming up with ideas. But you can check out other stuff from from the uh, from our other shows that we do. Uh, check out Biddy Boomers. Check out uh, our other affiliates. Um, check out our partners, network partners. Uh, not only Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective, um, but Red Five Network uh, and some of our other network partners that we have out there. Um, I just realized I played a Sorcerer Radio tag. We don't do Sorcerer Radio with this show, but we're partners with them. So um, I will say, yeah, I was wrong. We are not a Sorcerer Radio show. That would be our other two shows, but it's okay. Mm. Um, any final thoughts? I need to go to bed. I think I'm heading that same direction, too. I'm starting to ramble. I'm starting to drift. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week. Mm. I'm looking forward to going back to work, but I'm also know it's going to be a struggle getting back to work. Mm. So uh, on that note, I'm trying to think, do we have guests next week? I have no idea. I don't think we do. But the following week, we're recording on a Monday. I just realized it's Labor Day. Uh-huh. But that day we're recording Noble Collection, which they got some great stuff. We're talking to some people from Noble Collection. So some great stuff coming there. Mm. So uh, and on that note, I'm just going to say, want to know more? So, um... The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd.